When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badassery Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real Can I call you Johnny? You may. Mr. Daggers. Um, so, you have this film. It's not Tambulant? That is correct. Uh, please explain to our, our listeners out there that don't understand the films you make. The films I make, well, they were horror, and I'm kind of departing from that genre. But Noctambulus does have elements of horror in it. Noctambulus uh, means sleepwalker, so it revolves around a character by the name of Zella, who is going mad. I, I don't want to give too much of the storyline away. Um, oh, it's full of tomfoolery, I must say. It, 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 it's fantastic at the same time. But for God's sakes, who makes a movie like this now? Well, I got, I got bored with everything else. You know, if that's the thing. It seems like everything's been said and done, and I'd rather just go back and revisit something that hasn't been done, you know, hundreds of years, and uh, make it fresh and new again. And I think that with Noctambulist, not only did it combine uh, noir elements from the early 1900s, but German Expressionist, um, it also combined experimental elements and, of course, a little bit of horror. And it's also a thriller, I think, mostly, and suspense. So it really has a lot of elements to it. It's a thriller like my grandparents could not even imagine. Uh, talk about your lies, cheating, and stealing. You make a twist as if you talk someone into believing. A cow patty is an actual hamburger. That is correct. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see what people think. But honestly, uh, talkies are all the rage. What made you a silent filmmaker? Can I call you Mr. Daggers, by the way? You may. All right, Johnny. Well, thank you. Explain. Well, I've always appreciated silent films, and in fact, going back to my first short film, Sam Hay Night Feast, which was 
black and white and had some Hitchcockian type noir elements to it. Um, I really always wanted to move in the direction of making silent films at least once, you know, in my career. And it was a matter of when I filmed Sam Hay Night Feast, that was on a fly. I had no previous training, had no idea what I was doing. And it literally took me six or seven years to get to the point that I learned my craft well enough that I could... Because horror is a very easy genre. No disrespect to horror filmmakers, but anyone will tell you. And Mr. Brian Coddington, who is an ex-partner of mine, he and I had this talk. And, and he said to me, a you know, regular on these airwaves, I'm going Yes, and he even told me back in the day when we were when I did Sam Hain, he said, you know, Johnny, horror is the easiest genre to learn how to do makeup and special effects, and also one of the easiest genres uh, for a director to shoot. And so for me to, I think that it was needed, and, and you know, I am a horror fan, so I think that that was the right genre for me to get my start into, but it's never where I wanted to stay full-time. I've always been a fan of early German Expressionist films, as mentioned, uh, silent films, um, films like the original Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Phantom Carriage, the original Nosferatu, The Silent Frankenstein. All those films were films that always appealed to me much more than the talkies, and I also liked the sin factor of the pre-code era films, uh, which happened before the Hayes Code came into effect, and... uh, you know, they started censoring our films and what we could or couldn't do. So the the pre-code era and the, the silence were always what really appealed to me. And now I think I'm at that point in my career where I can go off into that direction and start leaving horror behind. And that's what I, I did with Noctambulus. Creepy good stuff, but i got to tell you, I don't want to hear about Mr. Daggers giving up on horror. What? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it is just I need something fresh for me all the time that gets me excited. And, and with horror, there's there's just so much that's that's been done, and you you'll be probably dismayed to hear, and, and yet surprised. My next film that I'll be doing, which we're in the thralls of pre-production now, uh, is going to be a 1940s boxing film. So it's going to be completely void of any horror whatsoever. It's going to be more of a crime mob drama. Okay, you just opened up Pandora's box. Uh, what brought that on? I have always... I'm Irish. I've always been a huge fan you and admirer of uh, bare-knuckle boxing. So that's something that's always intrigued me. And uh, I just thought that it would be a really great story to tell. And I milled it over for a few days and then all of a sudden I started getting flooded with ideas for the script and the more that came to me the more excited I got about the the project and I think that with Noctambulus not being a full-fledged horror film and more or less uh, you know a silent noir thriller I think that it was a good transitional film to go into a film uh, like my upcoming film which is entitled Three Knocks in a Ring and I wanted that title to have a very pulp title sound to it um, is if you would pick up an old crime pulp novel. So I thought Three Knocks in a Ring had that tone to it. Well, hot dog, my brother. I gotta tell you, I am already looking forward to that. And now a message from our sponsor. Ladies, tired of drying your hair with the same old vacuum cleaner? Try Avon Shea brand new Beauty Locks portable hair dryer. 
It's smaller, it's faster, it's guaranteed to give you the hair you've always wanted in half the time. Beauty Locks is delicate and dainty, just like you. The dryer weighs only a pound and easily fits in your hand. Now that's beauty and convenience. With a speedy motor that will dry your hair in as little as 25 minutes, you can get gorgeous hair without falling behind schedule. Don't worry about the little ones or that pie in the oven. Thanks to an extra-long extension cord, you can move around while primping your locks. Forget those long trips to the salon and no more waiting for hours under monster machines. Alvanche gives you an easy and speedy hairdo that will blow your man away. Get it now at your nearest Macy's. Yes, lady, please. <laughs> blow your man. Away. Meat and cheese. Well, if that doesn't take the cake, we're back here with Mr. Johnny Daggers. Can I call you Johnny? You may. All right. So, Mr. Daggers, absolutely stellar performances. How did you motivate them casting that film? That was a challenge. Being my first silent film, it was also a challenge for the actors in the film. Uh, the lead character is Stellan, who was played by Nicholas Nazario, and he's had some acting experience in the past, none of which were in silent. And Lauren Peel played the lead actress, Zella, and she actually did have acting experience. She was, as a child, on Dawson's Creek. Get out. And she played the younger version of, I forget the main actress. I mean, wow, the shenanigans. Yes, so she had a great acting start being on Dawson's Creek, and also Nadia White, who is the uh, antagonist actress, she... She's, a, she's one of my favorite actresses I've ever worked with, but and she is also an actress. She's worked in with a lot of trauma films. Uh, she's been in a lot of James Balsamo films, who was in my last film, a documentary, Blood on the Roof. But uh, Nadia's best known I, I, I'm, I'm because familiar she's with a that, porn that star. Film. I'm familiar with that film. So Nadia came from porn. Nicholas came from his regular... Uh, I think he did some colonial work, like on some TV shows, playing a colonial soldier, and then Lauren came from Dawson's Creek. So they all had some acting experience. The doctor, Dr. Krauss, played by Tim Scott, he did not, but he had an amazing look. And so what I tried to express to the actors is the fact that the film being silent really relied on body language. You had to tell the story through your body language more than anything. And... Um, they did a really, really great job. Um, so, Johnny D, I mean, you already answered a question, sort of. Um, I've got to ask you, let's cut to the chase. Give us a skinny on your major players there. There's three. Uh, give us names, like you, you already elaborated a little bit. Let's hear about where they came from in your head. Where they came from in my head. Your head. That you know, I often wonderful don't know where come from in my head. And I say this not only about my films, but also with my books. Um, I almost feel like somebody is channeling through me when I write. So I knew that I wanted something dark. I knew that I wanted something full of lust, desire, betrayal, all the great ingredients that go into, you know, the classic noir films. And, you know... It was more or less channeled through me somehow. I just opened up, you know, my notebook, and as I started to write it, most of the times I didn't even realize what was coming out until I looked down at the paper, so. Hmm. 
well, I must say, absolutely stellar performances. I don't know how you motivated those cats, but we're going to get back into that in a moment here. Just got to pay some bills. Let's talk to our sponsors. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that grow here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> What? Keeping the coffee in the icebox? Yes, Mr. Jones, it's a new kind of coffee. Roasted by a new secret process. Hence, this new none-such coffee has a different flavor. A flavor preserved by vacuum packing. The flavor retained by refrigeration after the jar has been opened. Just taste it. You can't miss that delicate aroma, that clean, mellow taste. Yes, in cooking, the way to a man's heart is most of all through the coffee pot. In every jar, you'll find three special pointers, valuable in all methods of making coffee. Try new, none-such coffee now. Use half the jar. If not 100% satisfied, get all your money back from your grocer without argument. Special for movie week, only 28 cents a pound, plus 3 cents refundable deposit on the jar. None such coffee. How about that, folks? Doesn't even exist. We're here with Mr. Johnny Daggers. We're talking about silent films. And have you seen Noctambulous? What's wrong with you? Why have you not seen this yet? Johnny, help us out. Well, it hasn't been released yet, so... Oh, Jesus Christ. Hopefully no one has seen it. That means somebody would have pirated it. So. Uh, or it was sent as a promo. Hey, Mr. Baggers, let me... You've seen it? it because you've been privy to having an advanced press screening, but... Bingo. Yeah, shenanigans. I claim shenanigans. Um, Mr. Daggers, again, can I call you John? I'm sorry. Mr. Daggers, just what is... An octambulous in your eyes, outside of the def- definition you gave us earlier. What were you shooting for in this film? Well, I wanted to blend the lines between reality and fantasy and madness. Where does sanity end, hmm. and where does insanity start? 
that's always been a topic that's appealed to me. And for someone that I, I know that when you film, it's all about respect for women, which is awesome. No filmmaker in history does that, especially a horror filmmaker. They do not respect women in film. So how do you still get these hotties? Yeah, I mean, with Nadia, as mentioned, she comes from a porn star background, and this was the first film that she was ever in where, uh, to quote her, this is the first film that I have ever been in where I haven't flashed my tits and then got killed, end quote. So, for me... I don't know that we can hear that. Hey, hey, stop. Stop. He's going to a doctor. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so that's that's a direct quote from Nadia. But the way that I see it, when I was growing up, what I thought was more erotic than blatant nudity was the old cheesecake pinups. And it was that allure and mystery of what's underneath the, you know, sheer stockings and bullet bra. Uh, to me, that's much more of a turn-on than just, you know, blatant nudity. And Hot dog, I agree. You know, there, there's something very erotic about that. I, I, I would say that if given the choice that there was a woman lying naked in bed or there was a woman lying in bed with a bullet bra and, you know, stockings, garter belts, high heel shoes, uh, which one would get me worked up and in the mood more would be the woman in the bullet bra and the stockings and high heels and, and garter belt. That would do it for me, you know. Uh, I don't need to see the nudity. And I think that a lot of my influences... You know, they didn't rely on that. I think it's a cheap cop-out, you know, to bring an audience in. Um, you know, I remember being a teenager and, 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 you know, my friends wanting to see a film just because it had nudity in it. And they didn't really care about the story or the plot. So I try to respect women. I try to make films that I would want to see. And for me, when you watch Noctambulous, the scene where uh, Lauren, who plays Zella, where she's undressing behind the sheer curtain, or the scene with Nadia uh, in bed with the bullet broad, those that that's so much more erotic to me than actually showing the nudity. So I would have to agree. That and I could take my kids to see the film. And you can, yes. How on God's green earth did you manage set design? Well, I got very lucky with that. Initially, when we started Noctambulist, we had launched a crowdfunding campaign, and my makeup artist had reached out to some friends of hers who, as luck would have it, their entire house was furnished with 1920s antiquities. And they said, well, you know, we're sorry, Buffy. Uh, Buffy Roman Fox was our makeup artist. She did an amazing job. But she, they, they, they told her, we said, we're sorry, Buffy, we don't have the money to donate to the crowdfund to help you get this film made, but what we do have that we can offer is our house with all of our antiquities. And so we, we came by that very easily. It was amazing. And then it was a little bit of work trying to find somebody with a 1920s vehicle, um, but we ended up finding a guy through a car club. I believe my one actor, Ross, had found the guy on a car club page and we reached out to him and he was just happy to have his car in the film so there we landed the car and um, you know we had everything else through Bonnie and Steve Bonnie Shipley Pill and Steve Summerlin were the two owners of the house and I'm very grateful for them and they also did a lot of 
lot of work behind the scenes and also acted, had some acting roles in the film as well. Well, I've seen some doll faces in my time, but not since, Fay Ray, have I seen knockouts like the skirts in your film. And I don't know if you had them in mind before you casted them. Did they fit the mold? Tell me. Yeah, I mean, filming nowadays, it was very important and, and, and almost difficult to find actresses and actors that fit the mold for that particular era. So, you know, I had to go through a lot of people, and you would see headshots, and from that you wouldn't be able to tell if they were heavily tattooed or not, and then you would get some more shots back from them, and they had full sleeves or gauged ears, and it just they obviously wouldn't work. And with Nadia, she was the only one in the film that had a visible tattoo, but it worked because she had a sailor girl tattoo on her back. Um, and a lot of people nowadays don't realize that in the early 20s, women of easy virtue often had tattoos. It's not a, it's not a modern or current trend. Uh, it was a lot more underground and seedy back then, but there, there were women with full body suits. Very you know, tantalizing. Very tantalizing. Yeah. Hey, you! Going somewhere looking like that? Well, consider this. Tests have shown that if you look great, you'll have more success in all aspects of your life. Don't worry, though. Help is at hand with Dapper Dan Hair Pomade. We can transform you from standard Stan into a Dapper Dan in a matter of seconds. Now look at you, a real neat guy and ready to take on the world. Congratulations, you're a Dapper Dan man. Let's remind ourselves of that Dapper Dan difference. Before. After. Hello? Who's this? Well, now, that's the Dapper Dan difference. Dapper, Dapper, Dapper Dan, for the modern man. Looking for a new place to try for date night or just to hang out with the family? Go to someone else's bar located at 3841 Willow Avenue, Pittsburgh, PA. Open Tuesdays to Saturday, 4 to 11. The kitchen is open every night until 11 p.m. Want to try a new brew? Try the revolving handle or the beer of the month. Food specials include Wing Sale Wednesday, 20% off of 6 or 12 wings, and free celery upon request. New items include the fish wrap, grilled fish, fresh cut fries, homemade coleslaw, and a, and a wrap with your choice of sauce, or the delicious burger quesadilla, ground Angus beef, choice of cheese, lettuce, tomato, and on any topping you would to a burger. To see more specials, menu, and directions, go to www.someoneelsesbar.com. Someone Else's Bar. Food, drinks, candy. Why go anywhere else? We're back here with Mr. Jaggers. i got to ask him. If you have to pitch this film, pray tell, Mr. Jaggers. Can I call you? Uh, we've been through that. Just what would you say if you had to pitch this film to somebody? Well, it's certainly a film that blurs the lines between sanity and sanity, reality and fantasy. You know, it's it's really there's so much with you having seen the film. There are so many elements to this that you know, in your basic elevator pitch, it's damn near impossible to really convey 
you know, in a quick synopsis of the film. You know, it's, it's full of, you know, there's a lot of fantasy and thrillers and suspense and, and horror and drama and lust, desire, passion, so... I dare say facial expression. They tell a story. They do. Yes. Some of the best directors use facial expressions. And I think you nailed it, my friend. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, oh, oh. So, Mr. Depp, is it intimidating doing a period piece such as this? No, not not for me. Really? And that, that sounds quite arrogant, I suppose. Yeah, but, it does right now. Um, you know, ever since I started filmmaking, people have always told me that I've had a very European style of filmmaking about me where I focus on the long shots. I don't do a lot of quick cuts like they do with films nowadays. So to be inspired by early 1900 German Expressionist films, uh, you know, it has that European feel, and, and I believe that my style of directing and filmmaking, uh, making these types of films really allows my directing to shine, because that that's what I've always loved, and that's one thing that I've always loved about Woody Allen films. And, yes, you know, thank even you, Quentin, thank you. you know, and, I mean, you look at Quentin Tarantino, and, you know, he gets... You know, people don't like, if you go back to Reservoir Dogs and the long shot at the very beginning when they were in the restaurant, all having the conversation about tipping and this, that, and the other. You know, it's just a very long shot. But there's so much that can be done with those long shots, and I find them gorgeous. I'm the person that likes to pay attention to body language, whether or not the person, how the person's eyes move, or whether or not their eyebrows went up or down, and all the little subtle nuances that I think a lot of people nowadays uh, find boring because they want the explosions and, uh, you know. So for me, making this film, I, I felt right at home, and I think that maybe that's one reason why it was... It's been so well recepted by the press that have seen it so far, so... Character... It's character establishment is what you are good at, and that's what you're talking about when you talk about Tarantino. I don't know who that is. He's yet to be born. But um, what in Tarnation brought this movie to begin with? Were you tired of the genre? Were you tired of... Did you just want to make a silent film? Well, this, like, is, this is the type of film that I've wanted to make since Sammy Night Feast, but mm. I just didn't have the experience under my belt to do it successfully. So everything that I've worked to up to this point led me... You know, and I don't want to sound... You know, I don't want to sound pompous or, or, or however somebody wants to take it, but it's almost like with Noctambulus, anything else that Johnny Dagger's released prior to this is, is dead. Like, this is a new era of filmmaking for me because this, you know, quite frankly, Sam Hay Night Feast was never distributed worldwide. It was it won the Bastards of Horror Short Film Festival, and then Caustic, you know, never got distributed worldwide, and it never even officially got a director's uh, release because of certain problems with the original tapes and footage, so, and, you know, Blood on the Real was a documentary, so I don't even really count that because, you know, it was a documentary and I was using a lot of archived footage, so this is really my first really big feature film with experience under my belt, now knowing the ropes, and I, I consider this the really the new era for me. I don't uh, Well, listen, my name is Dietrich Bellhalla, and I appreciate what you do. Don't give up on the horror, my friend. Don't give up on that stuff. If, if I find something that is interesting that hasn't been done, then I'll, I'll come back to it. And most most honestly, it'll be with a, another black and white silent, like, Noctambulist. Um, 
you know, but it, for now I want to branch off to, you know, three knocks in a ring for the next film. And uh, I've met some really good people in Maryland. Uh, Lee Dahl, who is also a filmmaker, and uh, he only lives roughly 10 minutes from me. And then uh, his partner, Kate Jackson, they're both involved with the next film and helping out a lot with procuring locations and, uh, you know, coming up with all kinds of wonderful things to make three knocks in a ring happen. So, you know, another horror film can happen down the road. Um, but again, it, it'll be more along the lines of Knock Candlelist, which is, you know, more or less a, either an early German expressionist film or it even touches into parts of, you know, Hitchcock. So, Yes, and you keep that up. Let me tell you, again, Dietrich Valhalla here. I collect dark things. I have a new book out. Check it out. Fiends of the Flesh. Yes. You can actually go to Amazon.com. That doesn't exist yet. It's amazing. And I'm just telling you now, our director, friend here, Fiends of the Flesh, www.fairlydarkproductions.com. That doesn't exist yet. And, of course, www.society-13.com for all our shows. Hit me up on Twitter. I don't even know what that is. Johnny. I mean, Mr. Daggers, where are you with yeah. that? Where do we find your stuff? Well, my last film, Blood on the Real, The Guts Behind Indie Horror, is released worldwide through SGL Entertainment, who has not been born yet. Um, it's distributed through every major movie retailer, which hasn't been established yet. Amazon, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble's Target. I, too, also have a book. Uh, Neverlasting, which was released through Burning Ball Publishing, available in paperback, audiobook, and Kindle, and that's available at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And Noctambulous will also be released through SGL Entertainment, so it likewise will be released worldwide. And uh, my website, I just got a brand new website today. Um, today? Looking into the future. Uh, it is just officialjohnnydagger.com. Well, folks, friends, and fiends, thank you for tuning in. And thanks for listening to Diedrich Valhalla, because he's nuts. And you're going to hear more from him soon. You're going to read more from him soon. And then you're really going <laughs> to worry. Look for dead Diedrich, memories. Diedrich, I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you for being part of Kittle Whistle Radio once again. Thank you. All right. Good night, all. Bunch of jerks.
Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. 